Welcome, welcome to the Grow People Podcast. You have tuned your dial to the Grow People Podcast. <laughs> dial? Do we do dials anymore? I don't think so. Yeah, uh, that's Pastor Jason, lead pastor of Revolution Church, going into fourteen years of of doing that. Uh, my name is David Stein, <laughs> and I am the campus pastor at our Canton location. <laughs> yeah. The purpose of the Grow People Podcast is to help grow people. Thank you. Thank remember, you. Remember Dial Soap? I, I, just I do not like Dial Soap. My wife tried to buy Dial Soap the other night, and I said, Stoop. no, Stope. Yeah. I've, I've heard it both <laughs> ways. Um, I, don't, I don't like Dial Soap because it reminds me of growing up, and that's all we had, the mm. yellow, crusty bar of Dial Soap, yeah. and I, I, it, bad flashbacks. Mm. I don't know if anybody would say they liked Dial Soap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like saying I like Clorox or something like that. I mean, I, I, just, it was just, yeah, it was mm-hmm. the staple. Yeah, I, I like yeah. good smelling soaps. Um, Remember Irish Spring? Oh, that yes. green bar. Yeah, that was like that was high class. It was. It yeah, was. Dial was like down here. You had Irish Spring. You had like you had made it. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a um, a commercial where the guy was cutting up a bar of soap, mm-hmm. and he would show you all the lines of the uh, the different fragrances oh, in the, in the yeah, soap. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I, I think he had a, a wife in the commercial and she said, smells like a man, but I like it too. <laughs> I don't think her voice was that deep, was but <laughs> say, did she say it like that? <laughs> Cause she was either really sick or, uh, yeah. Soap. What do you use now? Irish spring. Um, now I use, um, oh gosh. What is that called? If Kirk's? No. We use the Kirk's. Everyman Jack's. Everyman Jack. Okay. Yeah, that's what I Because right. they have a, um, they have one that is uh, like coconut oil. Mm. So I like that. Yeah. Makes your skin supple. Smooth. Yes. Smooth on my skin. Yep. So now you know that uh, at least 50% of your pastors bathe. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get uh, Pastor Chad and Pastor Thad on here to yeah. talk about their, their favorite soaps. I use uh, Adam Sandler's conditioner that he, you know, from Billy Madison. Do you remember that? No, I don't. You don't remember that on no. Billy Ma- He talked about shampoo and conditioner, which one was better. Okay. It was like a whole bit. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to catch that. You should, uh, so I'm surprised you haven't. You're a comedic I'm sh- background. Uh, well, I'm sure I saw it, but yeah. I just, I, it's not like I. It's not like The Godfather where I've seen it 150 times. <laughs> Pre-salvation. Uh, um, okay. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about today. This came in from a steward. Okay. Yeah, there was some steward participation. I was uh, meeting with this steward mm-hmm. uh, last week, and at the end, he said, "Hey, um, can I ask you one more question?" I was like, oh, here we go. And you're like, I don't know. Can you? <laughs> May you? Yeah. Um, and he said he and his wife were out to dinner. Mm-hmm. They were at a four top, so a square table. Okay. They were sitting at a four top. Okay. And they were sitting at the 90 degree angle to each other. Mm. Not across from each other, but at the angle. Yeah, on each side of the table. On each side of the table yeah. at, the, at the corner. Yeah. And he asked if... That is considered side sitting. No, it's a oh, great okay. okay. It's a well, great question. Yeah, because you're not on the same side. That's correct. You're at a ninety degree. I'm right. I'm down with that uh-huh. because I don't have to. That's kind of like a compromise, I guess. I, I mm-hmm. would say mm-hmm. so because I I don't have to turn a full hundred and eighty to see the person. Mm. It's just a ninety. 
So no, Lindsay and I will sit on on like that. In fact, we just had lunch at a at a four top um, last week, and we sat like that. Okay. So I feel like that is that is acceptable. All right. Um, but no steward should ever side sit. Wow. At a, at a, uh, <laughs> is that in, is that in the covenant? <laughs> it, it needs to be added. <laughs> but, <laughs> the expectation is to give, serve, be in a community uh, group, and do not side. Sit. Yes. Well, you know, we played golf together on Friday, uh-huh. and me, you, Jackson, uh, Bill, who's part of our church, um, and after we played golf, we went to a wings place there in uh, off sixes, and Jackson and I were sitting at the, you know, I'm like you're supposed to be, I'm on one side, he's on the other side, right, okay, and then this couple comes in, and it was the wings place there, right off Bell's Furry, Bell's Furry, and. Yep. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been there. But in the public shopping center. Yeah, yeah, but it has like a high, it's kind of a weird, like the tables around the edges are like built into the wall, but it okay. has like a high seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not So it has a high top table, but one is like in a chair and the other is kind of built in. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. And so this couple comes in and I can see they sit kind of like catty corner to us, or 90 degrees, and because we're in like the corner. And they come in and initially they were going to sit across from each other and i thought okay good and then for whatever reason they decided to side sit but then it like it was really high so it was even like more awkward because mm. they were right next to each other <laughs> super high and i just looked at jackson <laughs> and i was like oh gosh and then that's when i had my parenting moment i was like jackson you see that please don't ever do that you know like <laughs> <laughs> always discipling <laughs> yeah Whenever you go out with uh, your girlfriend or when you get married, like, please don't do that. I I would have not have raised you well, you know. What was his response? Oh, he he looks at that and he goes, oh, I would never do that. That's stupid. There was something like that. Did you that. tell him like, I do it all the time? <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't want to talk bad about you. Um, so we had a that's whole not, conversation. Let's not talk bad about it. I'm, jo- I'm joking. Um, but I don't know. It just felt even more weird. So, no, this, I think... At a ninety degree again, because you're not on the same side. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is why it's awkward to me. So let's take the like, let's say it was a a six top or it was a rectangle table. Mm-hmm. Would anybody sit on the same side together on that same table with nobody else sitting there? Would no. you sit on the same side? Well, yeah, I've done that. Yes, yes, we have done that. <laughs> this is just getting worse and worse. Yeah, yeah we've done that. Um, mm-hmm. As if we were waiting for another four people. Exactly. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that's what side sitting feels like to me. It's like it's like you're waiting for someone else to come and they never came. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, we have friends. Yeah. They're on their way. They're waiting. They're gonna be late. Like, oh, they stood us up again. Maybe you that's know. why every server that comes over to us when we're side sitting says, Are you waiting for someone See, else? See, exactly. My point. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what they're thinking. They're like, Why are you doing this? Because you have a whole bench over here that's available. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Okay. All right. Side sitters unite. Yeah. Okay, well, and, and right sitters unite. Right yeah. sitters. Side sitters and right sitters. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a church split. Why? Why'd you guys leave the church? Side sitting. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they excommunicated us for side sitting. <laughs> <laughs> We're anathema. Yeah. Couple things uh, we want to get to today on the Grow People podcast. 
Um, and this is uh, a way that Pastor Jason is going to grow this summer. Every summer, uh, Pastor Jason takes a teaching break, um, and that is very intentional. Uh, you've been doing that for years. And this year, uh, especially over the last six to nine months, uh, the board has been discussing a way for you to not only get rest, mm -hmm. but also to grow. Yeah. And you shared this at our team member party on Sunday, and uh, now we're going to share it uh, to all of you uh, about Pastor Jason's sabbatical this summer. It's really a great thing for the church. Absolutely. Yeah, we we share this at the team member party, which is one of the reasons why you should serve on a team, because you get information you know, prior to, because we always want to communicate to people um, you know, what's going on. And then we try to communicate to those that are, you know, serving first. And then now our podcast, and then I'll, we'll talk to the rest of the church about this, um, soon, but yeah, typically every summer I, and I started this four or five years ago, mm -hmm. um, taking a preaching break, which is normally a four week break, uh, in the summer. And that's intentional one to, uh, just give me a break to get out of the rhythm of of preaching um, again for my own soul because those that have ever taught e even teachers that teach you know on a regular basis you're always just thinking about how to teach mm -hmm. you know you're thinking about this for someone else so it's a good rhythm for me personally to take a break so that I can just spend time with God then you know I typically take a vacation and then also plan and kind of dream and strategize for the future of the church. And so I'm working a uh, principle in a book that I read years ago. It's a very, very popular business book called E-Myth Revisited, where he talks about working on something instead of working in it. Mm -hmm. So my preaching break typically is a time for me to not be in it, but kind of work on it. So we've done that. Uh, several of my mentors um, had told me about that. But then also what's typical in church world um, is every seven years, a pastor will take a sabbatical. And that comes out of the principles found in the Bible, uh, particularly in the Old Testament, where how God told the people of Israel to take care of the land. Mm -hmm. And so every seventh year, they wouldn't farm the land at all for the year. And God would always promise to give them extra crop on the sixth year to prepare for the seventh and so they would take that year off. And then that principle has been applied, again, for a long time in church world to where um, not that a pastor gets the whole year off, but sometimes you know, it's anywhere from three to six months mm -hmm. sometimes in churches. So I've been in ministry now for 20, gosh, 25 years. Wow. Um, and I've never taken one. Mm -hmm. I've never taken a full sabbatical. Uh, and the church I was on staff at before Revolution, I was there for seven years and was scheduled to take my first sabbatical, mm -hmm. um, but then I came here, mm -hmm. and there was no break from there to here, and then I've been here now for 13 and a half years. So again, not a bad thing, And uh, but talking with our board over the, yeah, over the last really year now, we, had, we started having this conversation last May. Um, and even debated about doing this last year, mm -hmm. um, but felt like it was better if we took some more time, planned it out, and then just extended my preaching break. Because uh, again, the church is is used to me taking this break in sure. the summer. 
So instead of doing that in addition to, we just combined it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this summer I'll be taking not a four-week preaching break, but a 10-week sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And that will start the last week of May and then be all of June and all of July. Um, and like you said, this break is not just for, uh, it's not just a preaching break and it's not a vacation. I, I mean, I will take a, a week of vacation as a part of it, but the main reason is, and I, and I said this at our team member party, it's kind of three levels um, and even explain this to our staff and my, and the board First of all, you want to talk about what this is not? Yeah, I can say that. Okay. I can say what okay. it's not. Yeah. Because <laughs> just in case you're listening and you're wondering before yeah. we get into this, okay, what is the what is this absolutely not? No, it's not a vacation. It's, again, it's not just that. Um, it's not me going and preaching somewhere else. I won't be preaching anywhere else. And it's not me going and interviewing anywhere else. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I wanted to say that at the team member party because anytime – you know, anytime you get out of a regular rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which again, me taking a break in the summer is a regular rhythm. Um, but I, I wanted our church to know that I'm not taking this break because, you know, something's massively wrong with me or the church or my marriage or mm-hmm. anything like that. I'm not looking to leave. And, and that's why I said, I'm not going to preach anywhere and I'm not interviewing anywhere. <laughs> uh, I mean, the goal of this is to come back um, healthy, mm-hmm. rested, so I can continue to lead revolution. Right, that's the goal, and 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 our board is gracious enough to allow me to do this. Mm-hmm. And again, we planned for this last year, um, and even thinking about the calendar. And it's funny, even finishing up the Gospel of John. You know, um, so yeah, nothing negative about this at all. And and, I, and again, I want our church to know that because this is, uh, I'm not going to come back. Um, and have some big announcement, you know, um, about my future or the church's future, yeah. you know, like that. Um, and, and it's easy. I, I get it. It's it's easy to let your mind wander. You know, once a month we have a welcome track session three, mm-hmm. and I teach it during the eleven fifteen gathering. So Dave Arbogast or Meredith, our, our ministers, will host in the auditorium during yeah. the gatherings. And invariably, someone will text me that afternoon, hey, didn't see a church today. Is everything okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was upstairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're here. Well, even like earlier this year uh, during Abide, I had my school, my because mm-hmm. you know each semester I have a week-long school. And typically that has been in like the March timeframe, but this year it was earlier. It was in January. So I had my, my week of school and... I was, so I was gone Mm -hmm. for a week and, but when I came back, I got sick. And so then I missed another weekend, which was our closing out of abide with our abide night. So Mm -hmm. I missed the abide nights because I was sick. So it wound up being two weeks that I wasn't here. And then people were like, is he okay? Is what's going on? Is something wrong? It's like, he was at school and he was sick, you know, like, (laughs) no, there was nothing negative and I get it. You know, we just live in a world you know, mm-hmm. where we're always bombarded with that. But we even said that to our church, like, hey, Pastor Jason's at school this week, and then he got sick when he came back. So we communicated that. Uh, but yeah, people just, you know, again, sometimes we that's just where the mind goes. Um, so we wanted to be upfront about this one. Right. Like, there, nothing's wrong. Again, this is actually, you know, if you think about it in your life, um, 
it's like doing regular maintenance on a car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's far better to have a maintenance schedule of of checking things as opposed to just running, 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 and then your car explodes. Right. You know. So the purpose of a sabbatical is that, and and even my preaching breaks to where it's it's a it's a schedule that you're on that allows you to be healthy for the long term. Um so yeah, this is what it's not is nothing negative. Um, and what it is is positive. And so again, it's a 10 week, 10 week break. But what's gonna what's different about this versus just my normal preaching break, again, in my preaching break, I normally Again, well, last year I actually went to mission camp one week, which I joked I'm not doing that this summer because it yeah, was no it was, break. Yeah, it was it was all it was hot. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I love our students, and, and mission camp such a great week. But it was one of my four weeks, and it wasn't restful at all. It was 120. <laughs> it was like this is, there was literally it was, what was it called? There was not a heat wave, but it was like a heat a dome, heat dome, like yeah. over where we were. <laughs> um. So typically on a preaching break, you know, I'm not preaching. I'll take vacation. Then, like I said, I'm I'm working on things for the church. Um, but this one is different in that, and one of the reasons why it's extended is I'm going to be doing some specific coaching and counseling on, and this is what I was saying on three different areas: myself personally, mm-hmm. then my family, and so like marriage and family, and then my leadership. So. Uh, actually, um, when my family's at mission camp, because Jackson, my son, he's he's taking my place as a mission camp leader this year, uh, which was awesome because he went last year. It was his last year as a student, and now he's going this year as a leader. So that week while they're at mission camp, I'll be at, spending three days like at a counseling intensive um, with a ministry in Florida that is specifically designed for pastors mm-hmm. um, and those in leadership. And and again, it's just uh, personal counseling and coaching, kind of going through a process. Again, not because something's massively wrong, but you, you know, I'm if I don't know how I'm, how long I'm going to live, but let's just say I've lived half my life mm-hmm. so far. Um, well, again, there's habits and things that you pick up that you got to work through, and so I wanted to start my sabbatical time working on myself. Well, I'll take the first two weeks. I won't go anywhere, but then that week I'll spend three days with a licensed counselor. And again, just kind of working on myself, just talking and kind of going through a personal coaching. Um, it's based upon the verse in Hebrews 12, where it says, throw off the sin that so easily entangles you and run this race, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus. So that's kind of the focus of it which I'm super excited about that because again, it allow me to just me as not even me as a leader, just me as a Christian, just me as a follower. Um, so that's how I'll start. Then we'll go on a, a vacation uh, as a whole family. And then a couple weeks after that, Lindsay and I are going um, to meet with a, a life coach that does mm-hmm. life plans and so we'll do a two-day process of life planning, which we've never we've never done that before. I mean, Lindsay and I have always gone to counseling and, and kind of worked on our marriage and different things. And I've mentioned that many times from stage. But what's really cool about this one, actually, it was kind of a God thing. A pastor that used to be on staff um, at Saddleback Church and, you know, a large church in Southern California where Rick Warren is or was, 
he was there for a lot of years and I got to know him before I came on staff mm-hmm. here and him and I had actually done some coaching together uh, in the past. But when, when I moved here 13 and a half years ago, it, I just got super busy and we, you know, we just kind of fell out of contact. And so God, I felt like I put him back on my mind and I reached out to him and this is what he does full time now. And so he was like, yeah, actually this is kind of in my, my wheelhouse now. And so Lindsay gets to go with me on that one, which I'm super excited about. And it's a really powerful, you know, kind of two days where you really just kind of, again, holistically look at your whole life, what's going on, and then kind of map out a life map, a life plan for, you know, for the rest of your life. And so I'm super excited to spend time with Lindsay working on that and, and, and talking through that stuff. Then after that, uh, I'll go spend a week in a week long leadership intensive with Henry cloud, um, through Which his amazing. Yeah. He's got an organization called growth skills and there's different things that he does, but there's one that's a week long thing called ultimate leader or ultimate leadership. And this isn't just for pastors, but really kind of anybody in a leadership, you know, can be marketplace or ministry. Um, which is really focused on kind of the broader scope of, you know, leadership and, and being a better leader. So I'm excited about that because again, that's the kind of the three, like me as a, as a, just a person, my marriage and family plan, and then my leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, And that those weeks will really kind of take up about half of my time on sabbatical, uh, which there's a, pre-work I have to do for all of those things. And then some coaching coming out of those things. Right. Um, and so it just kind of worked out. Um, and this is why last year, even when, when our board, we first started talking about this, this is why I wanted to wait till this summer to, so I could kind of put a plan together. Mm-hmm. And cause typically on a, on a sabbatical for a pastor, that's kind of what you do. Like some, some guys will take a sabbatical cause they they want to go, um, like my pastor in Texas years ago went and spent like three months in Oxford because he was taking a class. Um, and then I think either writing or something. Uh, and so you kind of do different things, but typically you want to do something during that time focused on your own growth mm-hmm. and health. Um, and this kind of just gives you a chance to do that. So when I come back from that, I'll, you know, download to our board. Here's what I learned. Here's, you know, how I feel like I grew. Here's kind of my plans, you know, moving forward. Um, and then just spending a lot of time with the Lord during that time also for revolution, you know, again, cause the goal of this is for me to come back um, healthier and, and then being able to continue to lead the, the church in the future so I'm excited about that because as I, as I think about the future of Revolution Church, you know, there's a lot of things that we've started to put into place that we've talked about uh, that we just haven't fully gotten to yet, mm-hmm. you know, again, right. just because in the day-to-day of ministry. And so there's a lot of things that I'm excited about for the future of our church that we get to work on. And so that's part of what I'm be thinking and praying about as well is like, all right, Lord, how do you want us to to do this. Cause you know, by the time, you know, I'll turn 45 in September of this year, September 12th, so everybody mark that down to remember. Um, but it, you know, as I think about, you know, the next 20 years in the life of our church, 
you know, that really puts me at 65, which I know you're early 60s, and we've had this conversation uh, about how you're thinking about. I know you're all shocked. Yeah, uh, this season of your life. So I'm excited to kind of think about that. Mm -hmm. Like this is kind of a, you know, midpoint again. It's like, okay, what what do I feel like or what does God want the church to look like, Mm -hmm. you know, over the next 20 Mm -hmm. years? It's it's a very, very wise thing to be thinking that way. Uh, You're thinking about not just your immediate future. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about the future of the church. You're thinking about the future of your family. Yeah. And also preparing for an eventual transition. Exactly. We're all, we're all, a an interim at whatever we're doing. Right. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't typically think that way, uh, because we, we just don't, honestly, we don't think about eternity enough mm-hmm. and don't think about mm-hmm. as the Bible calls our life, it's but a vapor, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I won't be the, even though I'm not interviewing at other churches right. <laughs> this summer, uh, I will not be the, the pastor of revolution forever. I mean, I am just an interim. Um, now I hope that interim continues for the next 25 years. Yeah. Uh, of course. So, so do we. Yeah. I mean, that would be my goal. Well, I'll, thank be, you. I'll be living across the street. I'll be coming over that's here. Right. I'll yeah. be a greeter. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, at the assisted living place for yeah. those that, um, not just like in a tent across the street. Um, <laughs> which would be fine too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, there is a, uh, then I lost my train of thought there. We're just an interim. Yeah, we're just in there. Yeah. So I think it's important to think that way so that I'll be a good steward mm-hmm. of the time that I do have, you know, and again, whether that's a marriage or a parenting or your job, you're not going to be in that role forever. Mm-hmm. You're just not, you know, and there's going to be seasons to that. And so there is a stewardship to our life, which stewardship just means, which is, you mentioned our steward at the beginning which is why we call it stewardship at our church, not membership. Mm-hmm. Uh, because stewardship denotes the idea of responsibility. I've been entrusted with something, and therefore I'm going to be responsible for how I handled it. So, yeah, I want to steward my role well. And one of the ways that I can steward my role well is realize I'm not going to be in it forever mm-hmm. and start to prepare for mm-hmm. the future uh, and that means raising up other disciples and leaders and and pastors. And so, um, yeah, this is why it's a great time to do it. Um, one, just from my longevity in ministry, but two, to think about that future and, and think about succession planning. You know, mm-hmm. it's never too early to think about that. Right. You know, again, I, I hope, Lord willing, I'm still the lead pastor for the next 20 years. Um but you got to start thinking about that now. Yes. And thinking about okay, what is our eventual plan, you know, moving forward and how can we structure the church in such a way where it's not dependent upon me. Mm-hmm. Um even to carry the primary load of teaching. You know, we want to raise up other teachers um and and carry the primary role of leading. We want to raise up other, raise up other leaders mm-hmm. um which is our whole multiply vision. So yeah, I think it is really healthy, but again, I think the biggest thing that I've realized is, and it really became apparent to me over the last couple of years, because you know everybody knows about COVID in 2020, which were three years removed from that now starting, but the last several years were just about surviving, you know? But yeah. Just about, let's just get through it. Get to the next day. Get to the next day. And we even said back then, we don't know how 
who's a part of our church, who's not. We don't know how big our church is anymore because mm-hmm. we weren't seeing people. Um, and again, God has been so gracious yeah. over the last three years to not only get us through that, but we're we're in a very healthy place as a church and staff. And I think that's why this is also a great time because now it's like, okay, kind of closing the chapter on that. We survived. We made it through now for the future. Mm-hmm. So it's a great time for me to take a break and, um, again, work on myself and my own leadership so that we can continue to dream and plan about the future. Cause I can't, and this is what I was saying. It became apparent to me. I can't really lead the church to somewhere I'm not going or haven't been. That's excellent. And so I have to, I, I have to have a reservation or not a reservoir, a reservoir of that mm-hmm. in me. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's already, it's already growing in me. And so that's really, again, what this time is for. Not only am I not interviewing somewhere else, the somewhere else, but the whole point of this is for me to come back full and rested mm-hmm. so that I have the resources necessary to lead our church for the next 20 years. And, and if you're, if you're listening now and, and you're thinking, you know, what is the best thing for a church? You want healthy pastors. A hundred percent. You want healthy pastors. Unhealthy pastors will cascade to an unhealthy church. Yeah. And, and that is, that is one of the reasons this is such a good thing for the church. Again, not that there's anything wrong. No. It, this is just going to be fuel for the next 20 years. Yeah. Again, if you think about it in terms, uh, it's, it's like how counseling was stigmatized for so long. People thought if you were going to counseling, something was majorly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back to that whole kind of you know car maintenance thing, well, it's like, but if I'm just taking my car to the shop to get routine maintenance, nothing's wrong. I'm actually doing preventative mm-hmm. stuff to where now counseling has been, thankfully, far less stigmatized right. to where now going to a counselor, of course, there's things like that you might have to do that you're processing your past. Like I started that at 25 and the first counselor I ever met with, uh, cause I had just only been married two years and it brought up a lot of, you know, unhealth. So my first counselor was about processing on my past. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was traumatic, you know, but ever since then now counseling is, is more preventative, just mm-hmm. working on things. And so again, if you think about it from that perspective, not only is nothing bad, but it's actually better. Mm-hmm. To it's actually better to work on yourself when nothing is falling apart, when things feel good, because then you're being preventative. And that's the position the church is in right now, where <laughs> nothing's falling apart. And because of your leadership, this allows you to go and do this. So let's talk about the church for those ten weeks. Yeah, uh, we're we're not shutting down. <laughs> no, no, and I I laid this out again at our team member party. It'll be 10 weeks. We'll kick off the summer uh, with one of our worship weekends, which is typical. We do that around this time of year. That'll be a Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, um, which is always a great weekend, you know, because, again, it's extended worship. We take communion together. It's just a, kind of a real ministry time, praying for each other. So we, it's just become something really, really special. So we'll kick off uh, those 10 weeks with that, and then we'll close those 10 weeks with that, which will be the last weekend in July. So that's two of the 10 weekends. And then in between, we'll have eight weeks where we will have other communicators beside myself, which again, is typical in my preaching right. break. 
And typically those four weeks is you, Pastor Chad, Dave, and Jeremy, our student ministries. So the four of y'all will still speak, mm-hmm. um, but then we'll also bring in four of our church planters. Which is really cool. Yeah, I'm super, super excited about that for two reasons. One, because it helps our church hear from other pastors, mm-hmm. you know, um, outside of our church, which is a good perspective. But two, these are pastors that we're investing in. Right. This is family. Yeah, this is family. This is like cousins, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That through our church planting network, um, we are we have sent out these guys mm-hmm. to go plant churches in other areas to multiply. You yeah. Know? yeah, these are not guys we do not have relationship with. We no. have we have strong relationships. Exactly. With. Yeah. And and we meet regularly and talk regularly and and it's really amazing to me. Um, not only because of that, like it is again, kind of extended family and and you get to see what God is doing in other places, but to know that our church has had a direct effect on these guys, Mm -hmm. um, through our network, through our, my relationship, coaching them, helping them again, investing in them, just Mm -hmm. like other pastors have done in me. Um, this is just kind of a real strategic way to show our church impact that our church is having that they may or may not know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something we want to continue to highlight a lot. And what's really cool to me, these four guys, two of them are local, like, you know, Atlanta metro area, one in Johns Creek, one in Dallas, um, that again, part of our local church planning network that we're financially supporting. Then one is uh, getting ready to plant a church in Texas um, in the hill country area in between San Antonio and Austin uh, that came out of our church planning network. He hasn't, he's actually launching next year. He's doing a residency there now, um, that we're going to help. We have been supporting and will continue to help support. So that's kind of like national, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in the continental United States. And then one is planting a church in Scotland, which again, came out of our church planning network. He used to be on staff at Westridge for a long time. Him and his family moved to Scotland this year. And they're in the process of beginning the planting process. I just said process twice of planting the church there. Um, so that's international. Um, and this, you know, we have our our churches, our revolution churches in Kenya, but this is not a revolution church, mm-hmm. um, but it comes out of our network and we're helping support. So he'll, he'll be here. He'll actually be the very first one to kick us off. Well, I'll kick it off and then he'll be here. Well, I was, yeah, yeah. I was saying the church planters. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. worship weekend, you... And then Paul, and I joked at our team member party, even though he's planning a church in Scotland, he's not Scottish, so he won't have an accent. (laughs) Yeah, and everybody was like, said the same thing. Like, I think everybody wanted to hear it. Can he do an Alistair Begg impression? Maybe, maybe. He may have been there long enough now where he can, you know, he might throw it in. Um, He was the second pastor I ever saw live when I got saved. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. He's he's one of the best ever. Yeah, I went to a church, got saved. Well, I didn't get saved to church. Got saved on a Thursday, went to church on Sunday, and that day the pastor said he was taking a sabbatical. Mm, interesting. Said, and he said, I want you to do one thing. I want you to come back next week. Mm. And I came back, and it was Alistair Begg. That's, <laughs> those who don't know, I mean, he's he's a Scottish guy who's been here in the States for a long time, but yeah, phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal preacher. And, and we'll get into uh, what we want for our church yeah. over those 10 weeks yeah. in, in just a moment, but continue. Yeah, so Paul is his name. He'll he'll be here again. He's he was here in Georgia for twenty years, and so 
Uh, but him and his family live there now. And so he'll kick us off. Um, and then Dave uh, will preach. And then uh, Chris from Hope Church in Johns Creek Chris will Frank preach. Bro. Yeah, he preached at one of our abide nights. Then Jeremy um, and then Greg from Creekside Church uh, in Dallas, Georgia. Uh, then Chad and then Dakota, who's planting a church in Texas. Uh, and then we'll close it out with the worship weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to me is like we have worship weekend, then one of our staff, and mm-hmm. then a church planner, then our staff, then a church yeah. planner. So it kind of it just fell that way rhythmically. Um, and we're not going to publish a schedule. This isn't like buying season tickets to the Braves where you pick a game here, pick a game there. No, no, no. We, we want you here every week. <laughs> yeah, well, like I told our church, you know, uh, or told our team members, and I'll say this to the rest of our church, yeah, we want you to be here, attend and celebrate because I want everybody to uh, not only cheer on those communicators, but especially for the guys coming in from the outside, I want them to know how amazing our church is, mm-hmm. you know, and what I get to see every week. Right. And so, yeah, I want our church to be here, to attend, to celebrate, to cheer for them in the same way that you would listen and engage when mm-hmm. I'm communicating or somebody yep. else on staff is yep. um, because be a, I want them to know how awesome our church is. Yeah. Be a champion for revolution church this summer. Absolutely. Yeah. Which that was really three things. We can just get into that since you mentioned it, like three things I'm asking the church to do this summer, um, which one we already kind of mentioning, but the first one is to pray for me and my family, because again, um, we're doing this strategically. And so I, I want to approach it strategically and I want to hear from the Lord. You know, I want God to work in me. And so I'm asking our church to pray for me and my family. Um, Lindsay will still be around some of the, cause we still have give a kid a chance and some other things mm-hmm. that she's heavily involved in. She won't be here every Sunday. Um, and so you, you, you might see her some, you might not see her, but they'll be, they'll be, and my kids will be around. Um, because they won't be with me all the time, you know, so they're not going to just be gone for 10 weeks, but again, pray for them. Uh, please don't, you know, uh, you don't have to bombard them with questions, please, you know, like just say, Hey, we're praying for you guys. Um, or like, where's Jason, what's going on? You know? Um, so that's just an easy way to, to help us mm-hmm. in praying for us, care for us. Uh, and then secondly, pray for the church. Um, because there's always a little bit of of hesitation, you know, uh, even pastor friends of mine that have not taken a sabbatical because they're afraid of what's going to happen while they're gone. You know, uh, you know, the Bible speaks a lot about shepherds protecting the flock from wolves mm-hmm. um, and even goes so far as to say that wolves will rise up from your own people and attack others. And so you have to be so as pastors, we play this protective role. So pray that our church is unified around the summer. Again, no, that no divisiveness comes out. No, what I think I said at the team or party, no disruptions mm-hmm. and no disunity. You know, ministry is still going to go on. Yeah. You know, we've got some big things happening. We got mission camp. We've got give a kid a chance. There's a lot of things that go on in the summer. Um, and so it's still a very strategic time for us. We have a great staff and team members that we trust to to execute all of that, but pray for our church that we'll be unified around this, that there's no divisiveness or disruption. 
Um, and then thirdly was stay engaged through three specific things, attending, which mm-hmm. is what we were just talking about, attend regularly. And I know our church, a lot of people take vacations at different times. I get it. That's totally fine. You should. Um, but attend regularly, serve, continue to serve, and then give. Um, because those three things really are what fuel the life of the church, or, or really four things, prayer, mm-hmm. you know, yes. attending, uh, serving, and giving. Um, so if our church does those uh, in these next 10 weeks, or not the next, because I'm still preaching for the next two weeks, um, I'll finish out the Gospel of John. And then during that 10 weeks, we're actually going to uh, be, uh, it's just a series on parables. And so that I didn't say that at the team member party, I forgot. But each pastor will, so to be the parables is kind of, is the theme for the summer, but then each pastor will take a parable. Um, and so that way there's kind of a theme to it, but then there's some freedom within that. Mm-hmm. So each one will take a different parable, teach on that, which are short stories that have a principle, you know, or a teaching in it. Um, so again, I'm excited about that. I'm excited, you know, for our church to hear from different voices, um, Again, I feel like obviously as the lead pastor, my one of my main jobs is the preaching of the word, um, which is why I do it more than anybody else does. But it's also good from the, for the church to hear from other people besides me mm-hmm. because you get different perspectives, which right. is why I always enjoy taking a preaching break and when I don't preach throughout the year because I get different perspectives. There's yep. things that you and Chad and Dave and Jeremy and uh, these other guys – would say that I wouldn't say, right? You know, um, so it's always good for that as well. And so, yeah, those three things specifically are, or four again: praying, attending, serving, and giving. If we do that well, then our church will continue and be fine. Yeah, uh, and it's it's not something to apologize for. No, it's, some, it's something to celebrate, to be a champion of. You know, when I call first time guests on Sunday, I'm not going to apologize. Hey, you know. The regular guy wasn't here today. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back in August. <laughs> and and no. if you bring somebody to church this summer, you yeah. don't you don't have to apologize for it. No, you know, we we do recognize, and this is something that I have said to Pastor Jason in private. So saying it in public, it's not blowing smoke. Um, we have a world class teacher oh, every single week. Thank you, and we should never take that for granted. But hearing the perspective of other pastors, other speakers, uh, is simply to hear the gospel. Totally. <laughs> we are yeah. a gospel-centered church. Yeah. Uh, we present the gospel every week. There are churches that don't do that, yeah. and that's why we can never take that for granted. No, which is why one of our culture statements is, don't get the wrong five letters. Right. You know, it's J-E-S-U-S, Jesus, not mm-hmm. J-A-S-O-N. And again, I don't... It's funny, I've said that at, for a long time over the years, and some people take that as me being somehow like an arrogant statement. I don't mean it that way because mm-hmm. I, I want to put the right emphasis. Yes. You know, uh, not uh, always that movie with Jack Black, the, the wrong emphasis on the wrong mm-hmm. syllable. Yes. You know, <laughs> so we want to, yes, put the right emphasis. You're here to hear from Jesus. Yes. And obviously God has, has called me to be a teacher. And so we want people to love Jesus. It's mm-hmm. okay if they like me or mm-hmm. like you or like other communicators. That's fine. Um, but we want them to love Jesus. So yeah. you're, we come, we gather as the church every week to hear from Jesus, to hear because He is the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, we are simply the messengers and the communicators. Um, 
So yeah, that's why I think it's also healthy, like I said. So yeah, we don't apologize for this. This isn't a bad thing. This is great, which is why we've been doing this rhythm of taking the break in mm-hmm. the summer. And what's amazing is every year uh, when I come back after my preaching break, I talk with people that started attending while I was not here, and then I'll meet them either in Canton or in Jasper, and they'll tell me, yeah, we we came when we uh, when we didn't when you weren't here and we didn't even know that that, that you weren't the, mm-hmm. you know, like they came back just because of the experience they had with Jesus, not when I was here, right. but from another communicator. And they're like, Oh, we didn't know that David wasn't the pastor or Chad wasn't the pastor. We didn't know who you were, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then you came and are like, Oh, okay. We didn't. So that's a huge compliment to me because again, they felt the Holy spirit. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, not coming back for a particular person or even a particular program. That's right. Again, I think a lot of times people make decisions like that about churches of, oh, do they have this program? And then they that's what causes them to to church hop. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's about the presence of God. Yes. Did you did you feel the presence of God? And do you feel like God is calling you to this family, mm-hmm. you know, to this local church? Um that's what makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And that's why we always say the best compliment we can ever get is when someone says they felt the presence of the Holy Spirit here. That's right. And we've gotten that even from people that don't even speak English. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> they just felt the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what amazes me is the fact that God would even use any of us mm. is a shock. Yeah. Um, and again, this is why it's healthy for me to even go away mm-hmm. to remind myself. Like I was thinking about this yesterday. I've thought of this several times, but I wear glasses. Everybody knows that. Um, but on the back of my ears on both sides are indentions from the microphone that I wear on, on you know, Thursdays and Sundays. Because I wear it so much, it literally indents into my skin on both sides. Just like your glasses do mm-hmm. on your back of your head. So I preach so much, I have microphone indentations <laughs> behind my ears. It sounds like a commercial. Do you have microphone I know it does. Yeah. <laughs> Call your doctor now. <laughs> but I thought about that. I was like, <laughs> if I'm not careful, I'll be defined by those marks. Whoa. You know? Whoa. I'll be defined by the marks of what I carry. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I carry the burden of a microphone, mm. but I am not that. That's correct. And that's why that's it's right. so good for me to not preach for mm-hmm. 10 weeks. And so it'd be interesting. I'll give an update when I come back on my ear indentations in August, if they're gone <laughs> or it may just be so ingrained in my skin now, because <laughs> I've been wearing the same headset basically for, well, even seven years before I got here. So I've been wearing the same kind of headset for 20 years. Um, but again, I think that's the danger, not just in ministry, but in anything mm-hmm. that we do. It, right. This is why parents struggle when their kids leave. Yeah. The whole empty nest syndrome. They're like, right. we don't know who we are because we've been parents for so long. Well, yeah, because you you lost your first love. You mm-hmm. you lost your first love mm-hmm. as a couple. Then you just started getting into the function of being a parent. And and a lot of people really struggle in their relationships when their kids leave. Well, it's the same kind of thing in ministry mm-hmm. where my first love has to be Jesus. Yeah. Not what I do, not being a pastor. Um, and so, yeah, it's funny. I've been, like I said, I've been thinking about that because I can feel them. Uh, and if anybody wants to feel them, they can, which would be weird. 
but yeah. still yeah. we don't put that off right no. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can come down front shake my hand and feel my ear indentations um we have campus safety that yeah will take <laughs> they would probably tackle you if you try to do that but again it that's a that was a physical reminder to me mm-hmm. that i am not what i do right and i am a child mm-hmm. of god and i think it's so mm-hmm. healthy for all of us to have that realization that is, that is excellent so uh, years ago, a friend of mine sent me a, a blog, uh, 11 Ways to uh, Care for Your Pastor. Mm-hmm. And I only remember the first two. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> the first two were pray and show up. I was going to say pray and gift cards. But yeah, show up is good too. Uh, that's so, number three is yeah, gift cards. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, the, that's the encouragement. And, and that's, it's, more, it's more than just an encouragement. It's a mandate for us because I'm a steward of this church. Yeah, me too. And, and I show up here not just because I'm a pastor Yeah, and it's my job. This is my church. This, yeah. is, this was my church before I was a pastor. Exactly. And I showed up. Yeah. So um, the mandate is to be engaged with the life of the church throughout the summer, whether it's a sabbatical summer or not. Yes, exactly. And yeah. uh, we're, we're excited and we will champion this. Um, there is something that we can wrap up the show with right. that, um, some of you may know, uh, some of you may not know. Um, it's kind of a good news, bad news uh, the good news is if you go to the Canton campus or have anything to do at the Canton campus, or you're dropping kids off for mission camp, or you're coming to give a kid a chance, the intersection of highway 20 and Union Hill road will be completed this summer. Uh, that's the good news. That's the good news. Uh, the, the bad news is the intersection at Highway 20 uh, is going to be shut down. We'll be closed. Yes. So from the light at Highway 20 to Union Hill Trail yeah. uh, will be closed. Uh, but you know, I'm going to be preaching on the cost of discipleship. <laughs> cost of discipleship is you're going to have to take a detour. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have to go down to East Cherokee or Scott Road to get to church. Not a big deal. Uh, but we do want to communicate that. And we'll be communicating that in several different ways. Yeah, you know, and again, those that attend our Canton campus, it's a part of all the highway construction on Highway 20. So yeah, the good news is it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, like hopefully it's it's coming soon. You know, it's like a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've told it. So this will happen the end of May. Yeah, May 29th ish. Yeah, and they're hoping to get it done in 60 days or less. Yep, they have some incentive. They have some, in- which is typical in construction world, to get it done sooner. Mm-hmm. So it will be it will be you know closed for a large portion of June and July, mm-hmm. um, which they asked us very graciously say hey when is a good time for y'all we said the summer, um, so our goal and their goal is to have it done before mm-hmm. August hits again, um, so yeah just for people to know that uh, again good news is this will all be much better mm-hmm. and there'll be multiple turn lanes coming in and out yes. and that kind of stuff yep so it's a great thing. But just like anything in life, you got to get through the construction part of it. Yes, good, good illustration. There is one way to heaven, but many ways to Revolution Church. <laughs> so there you go. But please don't come through the neighborhood. Oh, do not unless you, be a good unless neighbor. you live in Forest Creek. Yeah. Do not use that as a cut through. Yeah. We want to be a good neighbor, and we'll be sending out maps. I think everybody has a portable cellular device that will uh, give you some geo, what is, what is GPS? Global positioning system. Global positioning system. Yeah. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, that is today's show. Excellent stuff. And um, yeah, I'm, re- I'm just reminded of something you said many times for years. If we're not resting in him, we're not resting. Yeah. So rest well. 
Um, our producer, Brian Damaro. Our key grip is Jakob Pushakovsky. Kuba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kuba. Uh, our head of doctrine and theology is theologian. Our chief evangelist, salvation. Our backsliding prevention officer is lukewarm. Uh, our translator is Lexi Khan. Our lineage specialist is genealogy. Our director of Swedish witnessing is Bjorn, Bjorn again. Our reformed theology advisor is Calvanism. Our expert on Russian eschatology, Pitoff Hell. Um, you have to say it that way. <laughs> you have to uh, say it with a Russian accent. Our, our director of holiness is mortification. Now we, the new one is from a listener mm. uh, at a steward here oh. at Revolution Church. All right. All sent, right. sent this in actually yesterday. All right. Uh, he reminded us that mortification has a wife. Mm. And uh, so mortification is married to a woman who is filled with life. Mm. And her name is Vivianfication, <laughs> or <laughs> short, Vivification. <laughs> Vivification. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Viva, viva, life. Well played, Don. Well played. Yeah. Um, our staff counselor is Les Moody. Our director of tithing is 10%. Our nativity coordinator from France is Beth Lachem. <laughs> uh, I still feel like that should be a a Yiddish coordinator. She's, she's French Yiddish. She's French Yiddish. Yeah, yeah Beth Lachem. <laughs> uh, our co-pastors of plagues are Manny Locusts and Lance Boyles. Our Irish eschatology professor is Mark O the Beast, and heading up our legal policies and procedures department, also from France, Stone Tablet. <laughs> uh, for transcripts of the show, was that last new last week? That was that was the new one last week, but the okay. new one this week was in the middle because it had to come after mortification. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. we need one a Scottish one since we're we're going to we do our church we do. There. I will yeah. work on that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, for a transcript of the show, just right. Oh, by the way, we will be doing the podcast all through the summer. Yes, I was. I thought you were going to mention. And that these earlier. church planters will be guests on the show. Yes, so we're we'll, excited we'll about find that. out what's going on in Scotland. Yes, and how we can take a mission trip to St Andrews. That would be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. We can do some Scottish witnessing. Yes, yeah. uh, for <laughs> uh, for a transcript of this, which is what I was yelling on Friday when we were playing golf. Yeah. I was horrific. Uh, um, for a transcript of the show, just write down everything we say. And the best advice ever is trust God and take it. Out. There you go.